ending today. This is the final message in our new series that we began six weeks ago called Begin Again. Here are some of the titles for the messages previously. God Understands, Overcoming the Fear of Failure, Taking the Sticky Out of Stuck, Yes and No, Don't Waste Your Mistakes, and today we're going to talk about how to get past your past. All of these messages are up on the internet. They're available through the website or our church app. So I hope that you will follow up with that and give some time to it. How many of you ever saw the movie Back to the Future? Are you, uh, uh, are you afraid to... <laughs> How many of you have seen some movie of some sort, some Hollywood production, dealing with a time machine? Sure. In fact, there's a couple of great romantic movies. Nina has a favorite where somebody goes back in time. It's the old Superman character, right? What's his name? Christopher Reeve. Somewhere in Time is the movie. But time travel has always fascinated us. And wouldn't it be incredible if we could time travel, go back in time, and correct mistakes? How many of you can think of something right now that if you could go back in time, you would correct? <laughs> I didn't ask you for that, but thank you for sharing. <laughs> In fact, I think there's a song that all of you might be familiar with too. I, 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 uh, I dared play a couple of bars from it, but I decided that this is church and maybe I shouldn't do that. If I could take back time how many of you recognize just the first, huh? From that first core verse, if I could take back time, if I could find a way, I'd take back those words that hurt you, and you'd stay. Hmm. I don't know why I did the things I did. I don't know why I said the things I said. Love's like a knife, and it can cut deep inside. Words are like weapons. They wound sometimes, and I didn't really mean to hurt you. I didn't want to see you go. I know I made you cry, but baby, if I could turn back time. <laughs> I think what really held me up from, from going all the way and playing that tune is I didn't have any leotards to, to, to you know, my tight tights to get into, you know, and maybe a wig and do my share imitation. We would love to go back to the past and correct the past. But the truth is, there aren't any time machines. There aren't any model DeLoreans that will allow you to travel in time. And you won't come alive until you let your past fully die. There's something in our life and in the world, in the universe, called seasons. The Bible even talks about this. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. 
for everything there is a season and there's a time for every matter under heaven. Now I looked up this Hebrew word for everything. You know what it means? Everything. All. Everything in life. There's a season. Here's another one. Daniel chapter 2. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. How many of you wanted to give up this past week? Okay, well, I'll be the first one to raise my hand then. Maybe I can get a few more of you to say, you know, okay, guess I'm amongst friends. Nina and I were talking about this on the way home in the car last night as we had finished up doing some setup here and we were driving home and we were talking about emotions and we were talking about the past and the present and things we might change and pressures and all of that. And you know we determined that there are seasons and that we have to stay steady and sometimes just remind us, you keep doing well. You keep believing there's reward. You keep believing in yourself and your path and your journey. Because what you're in right now, in those circumstances, they will change. Don't give up. You know, there's a difference between cycles and seasons. Cycles are sometimes a habit or an attitude that I get into because I'm unwilling to change. God doesn't bless cycles necessarily. He blesses, say it, seasons. Yeah. So when the, when the Holy Spirit begins to deal with you about a cycle in your life, we bring that to the Lord and we submit it to him. And we thank him for the grace and the courage and the power of the Holy Spirit to address that. But seasons... Seasons are God-ordained. Seasons are going to take place. You can't stop seasons. See if this, Jeff, I'm not sure if I even threw that into here. Do, do you have that great big picture of the seasons that we could see? Isn't that something? Now you know immediately just looking at that picture, not only that there are four seasons, but you know which one is which, don't you? Hmm? And how do you know that? You know it by color. You know it by symbol. And isn't it interesting that the most obvious way to, to discuss or delineate seasons is with a tree. And that the health of a tree is not determined by its seasons. It's determined by its roots. How are your roots this morning? Because see, nobody can see your roots. 
You can even hang things on trees to make it look pretty. We do that around Christmas time. We decorate a tree. We take an ordinary average tree and we decorate it. But you know, when Christmas is over, sometime usually in January, you take all that down, you stick it in the box, and guess what? You have a plain old tree left. Have you been decorating your life to impress others? Unwilling to grapple with the reality that life is full of seasons. And seasons are okay. God set seasons up. And he's the one that said, in everything there is a season. He's the one that said, I change the seasons and the times. He's the one that said, in due season, you will reap. Don't give up. I love that. I took a walk yesterday. Nearby our home is a lake, beautiful trees. Of course, this is a beautiful time to go see those trees being fall. I had the dogs. What kind of dogs do I have? The cutest. The cutest. <laughs> she, she said yes. See, everybody knows our love for our dogs. I was standing looking at all of the trees and the foliage and the beautiful color. And Jeff, could we have that season's slide back up? And I realized, you know, we're not spring, we're not in summer, we are in fall. A lot of the leaves were on the ground now and trees are getting bare. And it was a little later in the afternoon, so the sun was low and there was, it was casting an orange cast on the already orange scene of leaves and the lake and there were ducks and it's really quite beautiful. And then I heard this. Jeff, do you know that some plants don't grow well together? So when I got home, how many of you know God, God created the internet? <laughs> I know that our ex-vice president claims to have done that, but <laughs> from some years ago. Al, Al Gore, you do, you do know that Al Gore claimed to have invented the internet, right? Okay, no, God invented the internet. And I sat down at my God computer and I dialed up my God internet and I simply started reviewing and looking up information on, is that true? Because I had never heard that. I had never been taught that. I was not aware of such a thing. Really, God? There are some plants that shouldn't be planted together that don't grow well together? And did you know there's actually a word for it? Allopathy. Or allelopathy. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it just right. 
I do my best. But this is an actual word now in the dictionary, and it means the suppression of growth of one plant species by another due to the release of toxic substances. You can't plant all plants together in the same ground nearby. Doesn't work. It's not part of God's design. And if you try, some of those plants will give off toxic results and kill or stifle the growth of other plants nearby. Very interesting that God has so ordered creation that in addition to seasons, there are right and wrong places to be planted. I'm going to let that sit. <laughs> you, you can't have everybody in your life. You're not meant to be friends with everybody. <laughs> Paul wrote this, Colossians chapter 2. So don't put up with anyone pressuring you in details of diet, worship services, or holy days. All those things are mere shadows cast before what was to come. The substance is Christ. Don't tolerate people. <laughs> Wait. Now this is the Bible. Don't tolerate people. Don't tolerate people who try to run your life ordering you to bow and to scrape, insisting that you join their obsession with angels and that you seek out visions. They're a lot of hot air. That's all they are. <laughs> and Paul should know something about that. He was often criticized for things that he taught. He was run out of town. He was jailed for the things that he taught. And these were religious leaders of his day, often, that were at his heels. He continues, They're completely out of touch with the source of life, Christ, who puts us together in one piece, whose very breath and blood flow through us. He is the head and we are the body. We can grow up healthy in God only as he nourishes us. Think about the Christmas tree, you decorate it, you hang ornaments on it, but you do, you do not change its nature. You can never change the nature of a tree by something you stick on it externally. So I don't care how you're dressed this morning, I don't care what church you've chosen to go to, or how educated you are, or who you keep friends with. I can only tell you that some of those situations and circumstances, and even people, are toxic, and you are not meant to be around them. And you need to consider that. You need to consider it in light of only God can nourish or keep you healthy. So then, if with Christ you've put all that, that pretentious and infantile religion behind you, why do you let yourselves be bullied by it? Mm. Oh, there's more. Don't touch this. Don't taste that. Don't go near this. Ooh, I lived that for decades. Don't touch, don't taste. You can't, you shouldn't. I wish I had. Oh, if only I 
And it was such a legalistic, law-based existence. Regret after regret after regret. And I wished there was a Back to the Future DeLorean for real. I wished there was a time machine like in the romantic movies where I could go back and make a different decision. And God says to us, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I nourish you. I give seasons. I change times. And you are in your perfect season. Don't get stuck in ruts. Don't become a servant to cycles. But I ordered seasons for your life. Such things sound less 22. Do you think things that are here today and gone tomorrow are worth that kind of attention? <laughs> Such things sound impressive if said in a deep enough voice. They even give the illusion of being pious and humble and aesthetic. Or, that's not aesthetic. What's this word? Aesthetic. Not, no T, no H, I mean, no H, right? Okay. But they're just another way of showing off. <laughs> this is in our Bibles. This is in my Making yourselves look important. So I continued walking around the lake. And I got to the south west side of the lake and was looking back on it and again the ducks and the beautiful trees and I thought oh Lord this is amazing you built this and you built my life like this so then I left the lake entered back got back on the sidewalk was walking through the neighborhood making my way back to our home and there was a corner house th that, I kid you not, it looked like the middle of summer or, or even just late spring. The grass was all crafted perfectly. It was mowed just so. It was edged. And it was super rich green, deep, wonderful green. Now, it was the only house on the block that looked like that. Everybody else's was brown and orange and spots of green, but this lawn looked gorgeous. And I thought for just a moment, I wish my lawn were like that. And then God said to me, no, you don't. That's not natural. That's been made to look that way. That's not normal. During Jeff, please, this season, during that third season, it's supposed to be brown. <laughs> That's what he said to me. That lawn's supposed to be brown. So you can fertilize 
up the wazoo and mow. And I hope that wasn't your home, by the way. I mean, if you're sitting here this morning, <laughs> it didn't occur to me that you could be sitting here this morning. I just want to get you off the hook. You did a lot of work to get that lawn to look like that. Maybe you're live streaming. I don't know. Hello. But I want to release you from some of that work you put into that lawn. It's gorgeous. It's some sort of gorgeous, but it's not natural. It should be brown. And just because you fertilize your life and you hang things on your tree to pretend like you are not in the circumstances that you are in, number one, doesn't make it right. Number two, it doesn't make it healthy. And number three, don't kid yourself. You can't get out of the season that only God can change. Did you know that the self-righteous always carry rocks? So as I got on my street and I started back towards my street and as I got closer to my lawn and I started comparing the corner house with my lawn, I just felt a release. I smiled and I told myself, you know what? I don't receive the rocks. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm in the season that God has me. So throw your rocks. Cast your rocks. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Living in regret. Never make someone a priority when all you are to them is an option. This is going to help some of you because you've been in a season driven by people's opinions and it's not healthy. And you know what? You can't go back and change the past. Wishing you could is not healthy and it will forever keep you from your future. And so analyze things. Look at things. Because God has a whole wonderful body of people that love you, that care for you, and that will help nourish you. The pathway to your destiny is to step away from your history. Could we say it out loud, please? Everybody together. Ready? Read. The pathway to your destiny is to step away from your history. Let me give you three things this morning that will help you with that overwhelming sense of regret. Number one, in Christ, you are completely forgiven. In Christ, you are completely forgiven. Say it out loud. In Christ, I am completely forgiven. Because what happens when you feel like life isn't going right and circumstances are pounding in, there's guilt, there's shame, there's regret. Oh my goodness, social media. How about social media? We go on and we look at other people's accounts and we read other, about other people's lives. And do you understand, dear ones, when you get on Facebook or you get on some social media account and you're looking at other people's li lives, you are looking at the highlight reels. 
You are not looking at what goes on behind the scenes. Could we bring that down a little bit, Manuel, please? Because I want to get loud. That's the highlight reels. And we are fooled by that. We even look at the likes on their Facebook page, and we look at the number of likes on ours, and we measure ourselves. I don't have as many likes as they do. Bump it up just a, just a little bit. Really? Your self-esteem? Your judgment of your season and whether God's blessing you is going to be based on how many likes you have or who unfriended you? Please! Only Christ can nourish my life. He gives me my seasons. I'll say, but pastor, if you only knew, if you only knew the things that I've done, well, God knows. And he said in Romans chapter eight and verse one, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You say, yeah, but the rest of that verse says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That part's actually not in the original language. It's not there. Study it out carefully in the Greek. Read some other translations. That was added. So the verse starts and ends with this. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I love what Perry Noble said, and I quote, Forgiveness is not achieved, it's received. Number two, in Christ I am valuable. Say it with me. In Christ I am valuable. What's that mean? You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. Your value isn't determined by the mess in your life. It's determined by the price Jesus paid. And number three, in Christ I am unconditionally loved. I'm talking about how to deal with that regret that we often have when we don't understand the season that we're in. Number one, in Christ, I'm completely forgiven. Number two, in Christ, I am valuable. Number three, in Christ, I am unconditionally loved. And you are not loved because of your performance. You are loved because of your position as God's kid. I'll say it again. You are not loved because of your performance, but because of your position as God's kid. God's bigger than the mess that you're in. In fact, we found out through this series, please go back and listen to these other messages. God embraces us in our mess. I'm going to close with some words by the Apostle Paul once again from the book of Colossians in chapter 2. You were in Christ when he died, which means that his death represents your true circumcision. Sin's authority in the human body was stripped off of you in him dying your death. In the same parallel, 
your co-circumcision in his death, your co-burial and joint resurrection is now demonstrated in baptism. Your co-inclusion in Christ is what God's faith knew when he powerfully raised him from the dead. You were once spiritually dead as confirmed in your constant failure, being bound to a lifestyle ruled by the distorted desires of the flesh. But now God has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you of all of your trespasses. His body nailed to the cross, hung there as the document of mankind's guilt. In dying our death, he deleted the detailed, handwritten record of Adam's fall. Every stain that sin left on our conscience was fully blotted out. You have to intentionally recall bad circumstances, evil things that happen, and your sin for you to develop a cycle. Why? Because God has forgotten it. God will never remind you of your sin. The devil does that. In fact, he's called in the book of Revelation the accuser of the brethren, right? God does not remind you of your sin. Why? Because he forgot it. Isaiah and Jeremiah say, that as far as the east is from the west, I so far is it that I have removed your sin. I have forgiven your sin and removed it. I remember it no more. So let me ask you a question. When you pray, if God's forgotten your sin and remembers it no more and has removed it as far as the east is from the west, why do you make confession the central focus of your prayer life that's another message just going to drop that on you today leave it with you seasons seasons begin Again, no matter what happens in life, you can begin again. Turn to somebody. Tell them, no matter what's happened in your life, tell them right now. Turn to somebody. Tell them. Look at them right now. Go ahead and look at them. No matter what's happened in your life, you can begin again. Tell them that. 